Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Probation, written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow. People said that the spirit of Frank L. McCollum lived on at the McCollum Pump Company. Strange things happened there, and people attributed them to Frank. Those strange things were usually good things, but not for the people on probation. Whether or not his spirit was actually in that 97-year-old building was debatable, but the fact that Frank's picture was everywhere in that building was undeniable. At the McCollum Pump Company, one of the hundred best companies to work for in America, every new hire had a 90-day probationary period. When Marv Green was hired, he soon learned that a surprising number of people didn't make it through the 90 days. The old man's son, Frankie McCollum, explained, It's not that we fire them. They quit on their own accord. But those who make it through the 90 days usually stay with us for their entire career. On day 27 of Marv's probation, Marv was signing an invoice when his pen went dry. He shook the pen and then carefully put it back on the paper to continue his signature. But it still wouldn't write. Marv grabbed another pen off his desk and tried to finish his signature. It wouldn't write either. He shook it and tried it on some scratch paper. The paper ripped, but there was no blue mark from the pen. He opened a desk drawer and grabbed another pen. It didn't work either. Leaning back in his chair, Marv took a breath. His eyes locked on the framed photo on the wall. Frank L. McCollum was staring at him. Marv closed his eyes for a second and breathed in through his nose. He had seven pencils, but not a single pen that worked. The weird part, thought Marv, was that he had used all those pens recently. How could they all stop working at once? Carmen, Marv said to the woman at the next desk, would you happen to have a pen I could borrow? Sure, she said. Marv took it and tried to finish his signature. But this pen wasn't working either. This is so stupid, uttered Marv under his breath. I can't even write my damn signature. Uh, sorry, Carmen, your pen isn't working, he said as he handed it back to her. A sudden pain in Marv's stomach made him grimace. His mind entertained the thought that someone had tampered with his pens. Perhaps it was a plot to make him look bad or stupid. He got up and walked across the room. The eyes of Frank L. McCollum were on him. It gave him the creeps. Mr. Montez, would you happen to have a pen I could borrow? One that works? For you, Marv? Of course. Could you make sure it works? Mr. Montez paused. 
looked carefully at Marv, and then smiled. He drew one straight line on a piece of paper and handed the pen to Marv. Marv went back to his desk, signed the invoice, and then got up and returned the pen. He nodded to the pitcher as he passed it. He stopped and looked more carefully. Shining in the pitcher was the slim metal clip of a pen in his front shirt pocket. Back at his seat, Marv picked up his pen from his desk. He tried it on the scratch paper, and it worked perfectly. On day 52 of his probationary period, Marv printed out a six-page budget report that he was going to share at the staff meeting. He had 11 copies of the report. He paged through the top copy. Shit, the pages are wrong, he said out loud. He looked at the next copy. The last page was on the second page. The fifth page was on the sixth page. The copier had always collated the pages correctly. What was going on? He briefly thought about reprinting it, cringed at the idea, and decided it was too late anyway. He sat the eleven copies on the floor. He could see the people were already going into the meeting room. The photo of Mr. Frank L. McCollum was staring right at him. He was leaning against a copy machine with his elbow on the glass and his chin in his hand. Marv pulled out the staples one by one. He rearranged the first set and stapled it together. He double-checked the page order. It was correct. On the fourth set, as he was shuffling the papers, one of the pieces of paper sliced into his index finger. Paper cut. Damn! He sucked his index finger. How could a piece of paper cause such pain? Chuckling to himself, Marv thought, He works through the pain. This Marv is really something. A moment later, Marv arrived at the meeting room with his stack of 11 perfectly collated budget reports. He noticed the boardroom had a photo of Frank L. McCollum passing out papers to people at this very table. It was day number 80, and Marv had been invited to lunch with several people. Marv came out of the bathroom, his hands thoroughly washed and dried, and he headed to the elevator, where his group had already formed. Hey, Marv, said one of his co-workers. Have a little trouble in there? Marv laughed nervously. Uh, no trouble. I'm an expert, you know. Well, uh, Mr. Expert, you got a little something extra on your shoe. Marv looked down to see a piece of paper towel stuck to the bottom of his shoe. Oh, geez, uh, just a minute. He awkwardly walked back into the bathroom. Leaning up against the wall, he pulled off the paper towel. There was a piece of gum stuck to the sole of his shoe. He took off the shoe, grabbed the pencil from behind his ear, and dug out the gum. It was soft and came out in a stretchy mess, smelling of cinnamon. He cleaned his pencil with a paper towel and then decided to just toss the pencil out. He got his shoe back on and washed his hands. There was a picture of Frank L. McCollum next to the mirror. In the photo, he was holding a red pack of gum. As Marv started to walk out of the bathroom, he felt something sticky under his foot. It was the other shoe this time, another piece of gum 
stinking of cinnamon. A bead of sweat appeared on his forehead. He started to lose his composure, but then calmed himself. This is nothing, he said out loud. He fished his pencil out of the trash, cleaned his shoe, washed his hands, and joined the others for lunch. Day 89 was a Friday, and Marv pulled into the office lot at 6 a.m. He was trying to finish up a demonstration chapter of the instructions for the new accounting software. This project wasn't expected until late next week, but his plan was to have it finished by the 9 a.m. meeting. He wanted to leave a good impression on his last day of probation. Marv swiped his key through the slider at the front door entrance. A red light flashed. Above the light was a bronze plaque of Frank L. McCullum. It had an inscription that read, Through these doors walk the best workers in the world. Marv thought, yeah, if they could just get in the door. He swiped the key again, another red light. The staff was scheduled to start arriving at 8 a.m., but he had been told the door was open to him 24-7. He tried swiping the key very quickly, then slowly, and then what he thought was a normal speed. Nothing worked. Back in his car, he pulled out his computer. He would just work in the car. He looked at the street lamp in front of him. Of course, there was a poster of Frank L. McCollum on it, and he was staring into the car. Marv sighed and opened his document. The low battery notice popped up on his screen. You're kidding. I charged this thing last night. Marv plugged the laptop into the charger and put his car key in the ignition. He turned the key. There was a clicking noise. He pulled the key out, reinserted it, and turned the key. The car wouldn't even turn over. That's just great, he muttered. He stared at the poster. He wondered, what would Frank L. McCollum do? There was a diner across the street that caught Marv's eye. I'll go work in the diner. And so he did. At 8.03, his report was finished, and he tried his car. This time it started right up. Figures, he said. His key worked at the front door, too. At 8.45, he clicked on the print icon. He strolled over to the group workstation. The printer came to life, and its rollers began to turn. His paper did not come out, though. The yellow light began to flash. How much bad luck can one guy have? It's jammed. He walked to the back of the printer and turned it off. He glanced at the picture hanging above the work desk. Marv said to the pitcher, What's up with you and printers and copy machines? Marv opened the back of the printer and pulled out the jammed piece of paper. He shut the printer door, turned it on, and hit the OK button. The printer came back to life, cycled through, and then went quiet. Marv blew out a big breath, marched to his desk and hit print. Then he went back to the printer. Nothing was happening. Carmen, the printer isn't working. Can you give me a hand? Sorry, we're not supposed to fix it. Alan has to do all the repairs. Marv noticed he was clenching his jaw. 
He thought, five minutes until the meeting starts, and I don't have the chapter that I worked my ass off to get done early. He said, is there anything we can do? Just wait. Alan will be here this afternoon. Marv walked down the hall and opened up the door to the stairwell. He needed a moment by himself. Inside the stairwell, he slowly and gently banged his head against the wall. After a minute, he walked back to the door, turned the knob and pushed. He couldn't open the door. It was jammed shut. The back of the door had a picture of Frank L. McCollum. The almost life-size photo was screwed into the metal door. Frank was pictured with his arms crossed, standing in front of the door. Marv pushed again, but the door wouldn't open. He banged on it a couple of times. No one came. He walked down a set of stairs and tried to open that door. It wouldn't open. He went down to the first floor. That door was locked tight. This is a fire trap, he thought. Claustrophobia, he said out loud. There were sweat marks under his arms. There was one window in the stairwell on the second floor. He walked up to it. He looked out at the parking lot below. He felt an urge to get out of that stairwell, to jump through the window. He put both hands over his eyes. He pounded his palms onto his head. He wiped his face with his fingers. He knew what he needed to do. Marv walked up the steps to the front door with Frank's picture. He pounded on the door. No one came, but he didn't stop. He kept pounding. For two minutes, he pounded on the door. No one came. Three minutes and 28 seconds later, Carmen opened the door. There you are. The meeting has started. We were all wondering where you were. I've been trapped in here. The doors won't open. This stairwell is a fire trap. Carmen looked at him. Are you okay? I think so. I, I had a panic attack when I couldn't get out. Marv, Carmen said, I think I know what happened. Stay in there for a second and see if the door will open now. She closed the door. Marv was now staring at Frank's picture once again but his arms were no longer crossed. He was smiling and had his arms outstretched. Marv's jaw dropped, and then he smiled at Frank L. McCullum. Marv turned the knob and opened the door. Come on to the meeting. The way Carmen said meeting sounded to Marv like something special was about to happen. As the two walked into the meeting room, there was applause. Frankie McCollum said, Marv, congratulations. Since 90 Days ends on Saturday, we've decided to make it official today. Your probation is over. We welcome you to our staff. More applause. The old man tests everybody. You've come through with flying colors, Frankie said. Now there was laughter. Marv looked around the room, lots of smiling faces. 
There in the meeting room was another portrait of the old man, Frank L. McCollum. He was smiling, and he seemed to be looking right at Marv. Carmen said, Marv, you've made it, and I think you're going to find that the old man who started this company is going to become your new best friend once you've won him over. Things are never the same. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.